Turn, if you will, to Psalm 86. 86. I have the privilege and the honor and the great responsibility of declaring some of the characteristics of God that we will, uh, we will spend this Lord's Day considering and the basis that they provided in David's life and his approach to God and the decisions that he made. Psalm 86. I'll read it and then make some comments. Bow down thine ear, O Lord. Hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods, there is none like unto thee, O Lord. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me. And thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, the proud are risen against me. And the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. O turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thine handmaid. Show me a token for good, that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed. Because thou, Lord, hast helped me and comforted me. Psalm 86. The first four verses, we might insert the question, why, in the middle of each of those verses. Bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me. Why? Why is that a prayer? For I am poor and needy. The very first thing that David opens this psalm with is a description of his position before God and his relationship before God. He is immediately aware of the fact that he has to be humble before this God. God has an ear, unlike the other gods he'll refer to, but God's ear is in a position far above David's mouth, and it requires God to humble himself to stoop down and listen to David. However, he has confidence that he will. Verse 2, preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou God, O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in me. You might say, uh, how was David holy? 
uh, I might ask you, do you have a similar confidence that you can pray to God and mention that in your prayer? Uh, this is not the only time. There are several places where David mentions his holiness as a reason for God listening to him. But it's important to note that, number one, God gave that holiness to David when he elected him before the foundation of the world. God gave him that holiness through Jesus Christ when he legally sanctified him on the cross. God imputed that holiness to David every day of his life as he asked for forgiveness. So it's important to note that that David was holy. But, uh, But he didn't presume upon that holiness, did he? He did not take advantage of that holiness and drag it through the dirt with a life full of of hating God and fighting God's will for his life and resisting God's will. He lived out that holiness. Be merciful unto me, O Lord. Why? For I cry unto thee daily. Let's do that. Rejoice the soul of thy servant. Why? For unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Amen. Then verse 5. Uh, which is very similar to verse 15, uh, describes the uh, a fact, okay? It describes a characteristic of God that is unlike the others around him. It describes a truth. It describes the basis of David's hope and the basis of David's approach to God and the reason David is praying to God. For thou, Lord, art good. Rule number one, God is good. Amen. He's ready to forgive. Ah, okay. We're getting somewhere now. Okay, because I have lots that need forgiveness for. He's ready to forgive. He's plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Wow. What kind of a God would be that way towards me and towards David? Our God is. Verse 7, well, then in some some, uh, following verses, David begins to reflect um, that God has been this way in answered prayers in times past. So he recognizes this as an attribute of God that is dependable and is consistent based on the way he's been treated in the past. David recognizes that he has been answered in times past, and God has uh, answered his calls when he was in trouble, and so that lends credence to his desire to do that again. We have a benefit that David did not, in that we have the perfect, inspired, complete word of scripture that records that God is such a God and records him hearing and answering prayers hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times to fellow saints throughout history. But we also have the benefit of the experience through our life and those around us to back up that fact that he is a God that hears and answers prayers and that he is plenteous in mercy. Come down to, uh, come down to verse eight. We'll see that David did a quick survey of some of the gods of the nations around him. David was quite familiar with some of the gods of the nations around him. He had run across these gods lots of times in fighting his enemies. He was familiar with Ashtaroth. He was familiar with Baal, with Molech, with Sepharvaim, and lots of others that the the idol-worshipping nations around him insisted on following and bowing themselves down to. However, he notes... Uh, after, in verse 5, he noted the attribute and the characteristics of God that are different. In verse 8, he notes something else that is very different from these gods around him. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. Yes. The fact of the matter is, the God that David and we worship can actually do something. Amen. It's a rock. It's a piece of wood. Right. It can't do anything. Right. It doesn't have eyes and ears. That does, it doesn't have a desire or the capacity to actually assist 
But our God can actually do something. His works are great, verse 10. He does wondrous things. And in, uh, in reference to that fact, he says, Thou art God alone. Amen. Amen. Come down to, uh, to verse 11 and 12. David, like Christians uh, in this congregation, like myself, recognized that he has a schizophrenic nature. Yep. He says in verse 11, Unite my heart to fear thy name. Yes. This bothered him that he had a piece of him that he could recognize did not want to follow the Lord and did not enjoy and did not worship the Lord. Hopefully that is a very, very small piece of us, but while we have this, this flesh, it is a, it is a fact. David begged and prayed that God would unite his heart to fear thy name. In verse 12, he said, I will praise thee, O Lord, with all my heart. So we recognize that the, the specific first antidote and solution to this dichotomy within our character, within our being, is praise. Let's focus. Let's see if we can do this. Just focus our entire effort, our entire being, our entire mind, and who we are on praising and glorifying God and recognizing Him for His great attributes. Great is Thy mercy toward me. Thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. That is true, both in a legal sense and a practical sense. He has set our feet upon a rock. Verses 14, 16, and 17 turn to specific conditions that David found himself in, perhaps as he was fleeing from Saul or, or leaving Jerusalem when Absalom was, uh, was chasing him and trying to take away the kingdom. And he recognizes those enemies have not set God before him like David did. Yes. But thou, verse 15, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in, in mercy and truth. Yes. Let's, uh, let's consider these things. Let's praise God for these things today. Let's remember that we can, we can bet on these things, to use a phrase the, the world yes. uses. We can yes. bet our life on these things. Mm-hmm. We can trust in these things. Uh, and, and we can worship a God that truly does have attributes and characteristics and works that are far superior to anything this world has imagined. Yes. Amen. Amen.